It has been a time of crisis for our national sport on this day before Canada Day. Um, it was revealed uh, not long ago that Hockey Canada had quietly settled a lawsuit filed by a woman uh, who alleges that she was assaulted by several unnamed uh, hockey players at an event in London in um, 2018. She sought $3.55 million in damage from Hockey Canada, the Canadian Hockey League, and unnamed players. Uh, and Hockey Canada allegedly settled that out of court quietly uh, a little while back. So now that that word has gotten out, uh, sponsors are angry. Tim Hortons, Imperial Oil, Imperial Oil have joined a whole bunch of long list of people who've now la- who've now abandoned at least for the time being uh, their sponsorship of Hockey Canada. In specific, the World Junior Hockey Championship coming up in Edmonton. Uh, for more on this, now we really wanted to find out more about what's happening here. Joining me now is veteran sports writer Ken Campbell. You can find his hockey unfiltered articles at Ken Campbell at substack.com thanks for your time tonight it really is yeah ben uh, thanks for having me it's uh it's it's definitely one that is is uh, has the potential i think to shake a lot of foundations here so if we go back in time a bit uh, where did this begin and what is alleged to have happened Okay, so it all, it all started in the summer of 2018 uh, in London, Ontario. The Hockey Canada's foundation, which is ba- basically the charitable arm of Hockey Canada, they held their foundation, their uh, gala and golf tournament in in London in June of 2018. Uh, and because the World Junior Team uh, had won the World Champion, the World Junior Championship in 2018, they were invited to this gala to be presented their championship rings and to be sort of celebrated in that. And so it. It's alleged that after the, the, the festivities, some of the players from that team and perhaps other major junior teams went to a bar in London. A, a player met a, a young woman there. Uh, she was separated from her friends. She was um, she was very very intoxicated. She was uh, you know it's it's alleged that she was uh, applied with uh, a lot of alcohol. Agreed to um, to go back to uh, the room with one of the players. And uh, from the statement of claim, uh, there was a consensual act there. But it was after that when he allegedly invited seven other people, young teenagers, hockey players. Um, and there were various acts of uh, gang rape, to be quite frank. And this has not been proven in court. The alleged victim did not cooperate with the police investigation, nor did the, nor did she cooperate with the uh, Hockey Canada third party investigation. So there were no charges laid against anyone. But she she did file a civil suit, and that was filed in April, late April. Hockey Canada was served on May third. They settled out of court for an undisclosed closed amount within basically within a week. So. There were a lot of questions um, as to where the money came from, what happened, who was involved. Uh, a lot of a lot of questions that are are still remain unanswered. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems remarkable that they would settle within a week. That that, that always um, uh, why yeah, why they, would they, why would they do that? And what was do we well, know anything well, more? Well, the, 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 the thinking is is that somebody there's somebody at, at the highest levels of Hockey Canada that wanted this to go away very very quickly and very quietly. You know, I mean, Hockey Canada has insurance for sexual misconduct. They informed their insurance company of what happened, but they did not take that insurance to pay this this um, this settlement. They actually liquidated a couple of investments to uh, pay the settlement. And you're right. I mean, it, it's it's almost uh, you know a land speed record here with respect to the how quickly this got 
settled and how quietly it got settled. And and I, I think it's pretty clear that there were people at Hockey Canada uh, or or in the hockey world that that wanted this to go away very quickly and very quietly. And it and it probably would have if not for the enterprising reporting of uh, Rick Westhead from TSN, who um, learned of the statement of claim and then learned of the settlement and made it public. And that was when everything really started to um, really started to blow up. Yeah, less than two months after they agreed to that settlement, uh, this is now very public and very, and, and the backlash has been severe. What have we seen so far in terms of reaction from all those who are involved with Hockey Canada at both a, a funding and a, and a sponsorship level? Well, we are seeing, you know, we are seeing uh, some backlash for sure from sponsors. Telus, Imperial Oil, uh, Scotiabank have all paused their funding. Uh, they're not going to be directing any sponsorship dollars towards the World Juniors that are being played this summer. And they're being played this summer because they were sort of canceled halfway through in January. So there is some backlash there. And and probably the most significant backlash is now the um, now the federal government has gotten involved because the Ministry of Sport wanted to follow the money because they fund Hockey Canada to a very small, small percentage of their of, of Hockey Canada's uh, revenues come from from federal funding. And the first thing that the uh, Canadian Heritage Standing Committee and the Ministry of Sport wanted to know was, you know, were pub- was public money used to pay this settlement? It turns out it wasn't. But they had a they had a hearing, uh, I'd, I want to say a week and a half ago, and uh, Hockey Canada officials appeared before the Heritage Canada Standing Committee. They were asked an, a number of questions. They were very vague and very evasive about a lot of it. Um, and I don't think that the the people, the lawmakers who 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 were asking them those questions were were very impressed with what they saw. So basically now what we've got is um, there's going to be another hearing on July 26th and 27th. And people are being subpoenaed. The, uh, you know, uh, Tom Rennie from ho- the outgoing CEO of Hockey Night Canada's Hockey Canada mm-hmm. is being subpoenaed. The incoming CEO, Scott Smith, uh, Glenn McCurdy, who handles the insurance. So there it's 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 getting very real now. And I think I, I think, you know, now that the government is seeing this and, and I mean, I think you have to really realize that there's a lot of people that are asking these questions that don't really know the inner workings of junior hockey. And I think as they're untangling things and mm-hmm. sort of seeing how things run and how things is sort of the culture that's, that, that governs it, they've got a lot more questions. And uh, I think, I think it's, it's going to get, uh, it's going to get a little worse for hockey Canada before it gets better. At this point, we don't know which players allegedly were involved in this, right? I mean, I, I gather from that testimony, even those in charge of Hockey Canada say they don't know who was okay. involved. You mentioned some very strong language, though. I mean, this is the kind of thing, of course, these sorts of allegations, especially uh, of trying to keep it quiet, of not being transparent about it. These are the sorts of things that sponsors these days will flee from as fast as possible. You mentioned some very strong language from some of the sponsors wanting to see some real evidence uh, of change here at Hockey Canada. Uh, how is that? How is that? been been communicated to Hockey Canada and how serious, I mean, I gather about 43% of their funding comes from sponsorship partners. So what has been the reaction of their big sponsors so far and what are they asking for? Um, Scotiabank, which is is probably one of their biggest, it's it's an international partner um, or, or a premier partner, sorry. Um, they they basically said that they want, to, they want to see evidence of a change of culture on and off the ice. And I mean, that's a very tall order. That's going to take a lot more than just Hockey Canada. There's there's a deep-seated culture of 
toxic masculinity in this game. There's a deep-seated culture of secrecy in this game. Uh, There's a deep-seated culture of power imbalance in this game. And that's not all on Hockey Canada. But I think what the sponsors want to see is in order for this culture to change, you have to acknowledge that there's there, that it's broken. And, and I'm not sure that Hockey Canada has done that yet, or at least to the satisfaction of a lot of the people that are, are listening to what they say. I mean, I, I was, I listened to those hearings and they, they said, you know, we want to tell, we want, we want to make sure everybody knows that, that hockey is a safe place to play. And there's, and, and they talked about zero tolerance a couple of times, but there's no evidence of zero tolerance. There's evidence of lots of tolerance. Nobody lost their job over this. No player was was deprived of the opportunity to play for Canada in the future because of this. Nobody was suspended. There were there were actually zero ramifications for the players who were allegedly involved. And other than having to pay out a, a fairly large, probably a seven figure settlement, there weren't a lot of ra- there wouldn't have been a lot of ramifications for Hockey Canada. And I think people are seeing something like this, and, and sponsors particularly are seeing something like this, and they're saying, no, 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 we we do not want to associate ourselves our product and, and our, our sort of company principles with an organization that would allow this to happen. I'm speaking with veteran sports writer Ken Campbell. You can find his Hockey Unfiltered articles at kencampbell.substack.com. When we come back, just what lies ahead now? Hockey Canada clearly in a very uh, tough spot right now of its own doing uh, in many ways. And we'll try to figure out what happens next after this. I'm speaking this half hour with veteran sports writer Ken Campbell. You can find his hockey unfiltered articles at kencampbell.substack.com. We've been talking about a huge and growing controversy embroiling Hockey Canada uh, over a settlement of a uh, of a civil suit filed by a young woman who is alleged to have uh, to have been sexually assaulted by several players at an event in London, Ontario in the summer of 2018. Hockey Canada settled that uh, settlement very quietly. Uh, we don't know for how much. That has not been revealed. Uh, the players who were allegedly involved, that has also not been revealed. I should point out that uh, the the woman who uh, who alleges these these uh, accusations did not reveal the name of the players either did not cooperate with uh, investigators in this case or refused to file a, a criminal complaint. Still, uh, the question now is: What did Hockey Canada know? Why did it settle this, this civil suit so quickly to try to make it go away? And what will the consequences be? Because already within two months of settling it, the consequences as far as uh, the federal government's interest in this getting to the bottom of it, sponsors fleeing has been severe. Uh, so Ken, you've been covering hockey for a very long time. You know Hockey Canada well. What happens now? Clearly, this is uh, the alarm bells must be going off within the organization, or are they? Well, they, they should be. They definitely should be. I, I <clears throat> you know, I've been ruminating about this a lot over the last little while and talking to a lot of people about it. And I, I'm not sure that Scott Smith, the incoming CEO, makes it through this. I would have to think that there's going to be some substantial change. I personally think it needs to be stripped down and rebuilt. Hockey Canada also has a board of directors that I have to assume would have had to sign off on this. You know, there's some culpability there. The Standing Committee for Canadian Heritage, they really didn't like what they heard a week ago. And they didn't like what they didn't hear, too. Now, these people are going to have to appear before another test you know another committee the the same committee but another time but they're not being asked this time they're not being invited to testify they are being subpoenaed and there are there are ramifications to not cooperating if you're subpoenaed so that you know and and they want to know they want to see the non-disclosure agreement 
that was uh, that was agreed to between the alleged victim in Hockey Canada. They want to see exactly where this money came from because. Okay, so Hockey Canada says it used it divested itself of an investment. Okay, fair enough. They they sold off an investment. Well, how did they purchase that investment? Yeah, exactly. Well, you would have to assume that they either used sponsorship money to purchase that investment or registration money to purchase that investment. They have 600,000 players are registered to Hockey Canada uh, every year, 100,000 of whom are, are girls. If I'm the father or mother a parent or girl who's playing hockey and my registration fees might have gone to an investment that was to sexual assault claim, I'm probably not very happy. People are not going to be satisfied with, you know, vague moralities and we don't know. And, you know, and that, that sort of thing. I think, I think the rubber is really hitting the road here. Yeah. And there's so many issues. The ones you point out, of course, the very idea of divesting of something in the middle of a stock market, essentially a stock market dip, who knows how much money they lost. Fiscally, it's irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, beyond all the other very, very, uh, you know, much more important issues that you bring up. What is the problem then? I mean, you know, there's been this societal shift over the last five, 10 years that we, everyone else seems to have noticed. Why hasn't Hockey Canada picked up on the fact that this sort of behavior is now simply not tolerated at all, ever? Well, I mean, in their defense, they have, um, you know, they have a lot of uh, mechanisms in place. They've, they've done a lot of work with uh, Sheldon Kennedy's respect um, um, uh, initiatives. And, you know, I mean, every Hockey Canada, you know, parent and, and person has to take, you know, certain certain courses and 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 go through certain seminars in order to participate. Um, so to say that, you know, that they've been completely that they've completely dropped the ball here, I think would be um, probably unfair to Hockey Canada. Um, but it's it's very, very clear they, they dropped the ball here. It's very, very, very clear. And, and I think a lot of that goes back to the culture of the game and the, the, the you know, what the things I talked about, the tox, toxic masculinity, the, the culture of secrecy, the culture of, you know, that there's so much power and balance in this game. If hockey Canada is serious about this and they want to get better and they want to improve and they want to be better, then it's time to start putting cards on the table here and, and really acknowledging that this was a problem. This was a terrible thing that happened that it was it was handled absolutely terrible um and and just gotta end i mean uh i mean these players um when canada did a a third-party investigation into this they did not compel the players to cooperate with their third-party investigation they recommended it but they didn't compel them to so if a player chose not to participate and not to cooperate with the third party investigation, that player didn't have to. That's unacceptable. Um, and I, I do think at some point the names of these players is going to come out. Um, and I do think there will be ramifications for those players. I mean, don't forget the NHL is also doing a, a review as well. The NHL is also reviewing this and they're, they're talking, they're endeavoring to talk to every player uh, on this team, many of whom are now in the NHL. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's only a matter of time. I, I think this is, I'm not going to say this is the tipping point, but I think this is one of those landmark watershed cases where people are not going to be satisfied until they get the answers that 
they they think they that they're due that are that are due the answers that that we all want to know. Ken Campbell, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thanks for having me.